Well, good afternoon, John Schuler. Hey, Brandon. How's it going, buddy? I, I don't want to complain because every day you wake up and you're breathing is a good day, honestly. And we should all be very grateful for those things. But there's a few things in life that I dislike more than moving. And one of those is unpacking. So I bought this shop in January and, you know, it's been a process. It, it, you know, it was a meth lab at one time and it takes some time to undo. Um, so I've been remodeling this place and all you that You find yourself with a lot of extra energy while you're in there? Sometimes. Depends what room I'm in, but some rooms uh, are more energetic than others. And uh, so anyways, it took some time, but now I'm finally unpacking. Uh, I'm here on a Sunday and it's 111 degrees today in Kansas, 111 yesterday. Every day for the next week is going to be 110 or so. It's crazy, this heat wave. But I'm here in my shop, and, you know, these shops, they don't have swamp coolers because these kind of temperatures aren't typical for this area. It's heated but not cooled, so it's just, you know, it's just hot, dirty, dusty, and unpacking boxes, and it's like a bomb exploded back there right now. I have tools. I thought you just installed that mini split. That's in the shop. I mean, it's in the office. office. It's not in the shop. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shop space, I'd All have right. to get like a forced HVAC and it'd be pretty inefficient. I might do it someday. I don't know. But these kind of temperatures aren't normal. But maybe they're the new normal. I don't know. I mean, maybe with yeah. climate change, this is going to be more of what we see is these triple digit temperatures in, in this part of the, the country. I don't know. Hey, uh, something else I wanted, I wanted to hit on because it was, I was thinking about it. So I'm back in my shop working by myself and I'm sweating, sweating, you know, I have a term, but I can't say it on a podcast, but I'm sweating something off, you know? And okay. um, I was thinking about when I lived in Phoenix. I lived in Phoenix for close to 20 years. And in Phoenix, these kind of temperatures are normal. And you get acclimated to it. And you just work, and you work. And there was shops in Phoenix, concrete shops, that would close when it got hot. They just said, I'm not going to work. And I thought, like, hmm, that's weird, because you live in the desert. You kind of understand that's what it is. And so you, you right. make a conscious decision that... You work when it's hot, you work when it's cold, you work when it snows, you work when it rains. And I was thinking about that, and I, I had this memory of a recent encounter I had. I had that, uh, that dumbass that worked here for a minute, the subcontractor, he like no-showed on me uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, I took him on a project to St. Louis to do rammed earth, and you know the guy told me about, I kid you not, about 100 jobs he'd worked in the last, he's only 35, in the last, you know, whatever, 15 years of his life, he's worked like 100 construction jobs. Huge red flag, massive red flag. And I asked him, dude, why don't you stick it out anywhere? Why don't you stick it out? Why do you quit at the drop of a hat? You know, he's like, oh, it's all seasonal, whatever. All lies, but whatever. Um, so anyways, we go to St. Louis, and we're doing this project. And, you know, I looked at the forecast. We all looked at the forecast before we left, and it was supposed to rain every day. And this is outside work. It's rammed earth. When we get there, it's blazing hot. The first three or four days, it's like 100 degrees. And everybody's, you know, I'm not complaining about the heat, but a lot of people out there, oh, it's so hot, oh, whatever. It's hot. Okay, whatever. Yeah. And then it rains. And so it was like the fourth day in, and it rains. I'm across a job site, and I see this, this guy that used to work with me um, acting like a man-child. He's like kicking stuff, throwing stuff. You know, Ray Charles could have seen this man-child was upset about something. He's just acting like he's pissed off at the world. Just, and I'm like, what is going on? I mean, I'm all the way across the job, and I'm like watching this guy throw a fit. So I walk over, and I'm like, hey, what's, what's up? What's going on? And he goes, I don't work in the mud. Huh? You don't work in the mud? <laughs> Dude, you've worked construction yeah. jobs your whole life. Did they all just shut down when it rained? And he like yeah. stares at me. I'm like, you are choosing in this moment right now. You're choosing to be upset. You're yesterday, sure. you're complaining it's hot. Now you're complaining it's muddy, and you're telling me you don't work in the mud. It's all a mindset. You choose to be happy. You choose to be mad. You're conscientiously deciding right now to be upset about this when you can just let it roll off your back. You don't have to be upset. There is a, a Zen proverb that I love. Before I was enlightened, I chopped wood and carried water. After I was enlightened, I chopped wood and carried water. You work. And I told him, you work in the snow, you work in the rain, you work in the wind, you work in the sun. What we do is we work. Irregardless of the weather. The weather is the weather. We don't control the weather. We control our mindset. We control our work ethic. We control mm -hmm. us. We don't have any control of that. And you need to control your mindset. You need to control your thoughts. You need to control your perspective on the world. And he's like, oh, well, let me deal with it. I want to deal with it. I'm like, oh, whatever, bro. Just throw a fit. Keep being a little baby, you know. 
So anyways, but that got me thinking. I'm out here working, you know, in my shop, and I'm thinking, like, I could choose to be upset. I could throw stuff, kick stuff, be mad, not even come in. Oh, it's too hot. (laughs) Or you just say, hey, it is what it is. You work in the heat, whatever. Agreed. I I don't know what to say to that. But I I think that goes further than to all of us in general. I mean, I remember days, it seems long ago, but it really wasn't, when we first started forums and, you know, You'd sit and you'd read something, and next thing you know, you're typing away back and forth. <laughs> Someone else is on the other side of the screen, three thousand miles away, and you're having a Facebook argument. You know what I mean? And um, and I remember going through a lot of that stuff. Times, you know, to, I forget the old forums and these kind of things. And and now it, I, I don't feel that really that way anymore. Um, I think most people still think I type a lot more information. <clears throat> I write, you know booklets usually in answers to people. But what I'm saying is along that lines, I learned that so much of everything I would read, you know, I would internalize, maybe it wasn't even meant to be negative. Um, or maybe you know, it wasn't even about you to begin yourself. with. Maybe yeah, somebody's maybe making wasn't. a comment about something else, but you right. through your lens reality and because right. I, it all, if we're honest and not many people are honest, but if we're honest, we think the world revolves around us. Because that's that's, you live in your own mind. And so you yeah. think, oh, this, this so-and-so is talking about me. And you're it had like, to be about me. Yeah. But it's not. Absolutely. It's not about you. Yeah. Or my product or my whatever. I mean, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No question. We all do it. We're all human. I mean, there's a few people out there that I am talking about, but it's only a few. <laughs> I read a, uh, I, I reposted it, but it's a great quote from Johnny Cash. It said, it's good to know who hates you and it's good to be hated by the right people. And I thought, man, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? I have a few haters out there, and man, am I glad that they hate me. Because if they didn't hate me, if they liked me, I'm doing something wrong. You know, if I'm upsetting certain people, then I'm doing the right thing for my ethics and my my morals and my perspectives of what's right and what's wrong. And uh, and you know, it can be inspiring. There's no question about it. I live from a place. I'm extremely ethics driven in what I do, you do what's right. You always do what's right. And so if there's people out there in in this industry that are misleading people, that are taking people's money, that are repackaging really bad products and saying they're revolutionary or they developed them and um, selling unsuspecting people on these... First of its kind or... Yeah, selling people these... Acronyms that don't apply. Yeah, selling people crap products. I have a problem with that. I feel that they are doing uh, very unethical things. And in my perspective, as somebody that knows better, that knows the truth, I feel that it's my moral obligation to speak that truth. And some people take that, as I'm hearing from, you know, different channels, take that as, and you as well, that we're being rude, that we're being impolite, Mm-hmm. That we're being unprofessional. Yeah. 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 What's mm-hmm. your thoughts on that, John? Honestly, I think it's funny. Uh, and I, but you come from a, a, a different history than me over the last 25 years. And I guess I'm willing to say this completely. For the last blankety blank years through Blue Concrete, you know, Buddy Rhodes products you know, owning CCI, you know, all these kind of things. I, I feel I've made some errors along that of let's use the word polite. So I would, you know, this kind of like, okay, you know, and I just, I just sit on the bus, ride along to get along and everything was happy. But, and it's funny, we just had this conversation with a, with a good friend slash colleague about that. And over what happened, and this sounds, sounds terrible, but I think there becomes a point when anybody just you got to put your, your stake in the ground, you know what I mean? And, or your whatever line in the sand, if you will. And it was only a moment ago and you know about this. So I walked away. I literally canceled some pretty substantial contracts because of some things that were being done inappropriately. And I thought was a hindrance to a lot of the people I know. And I stood my ground and I walked away. 
again, a situation of like, eh, whatever, you know, get along. Oh yeah. They're doing turn this the other product way. Product. Yeah. Know. Turn oh. the, you know, turn the other cheek. Yeah. Well, um, not turn the other cheek, but just, you know, you're like, well, yeah, I, yeah, I don't agree with that, but I'm just going to look the other way. No, it's hard. And, and I know you, I always use this as a reference, but uh, you know, when a, when a company in Australia is kicking butt, uh, what a concrete nature, whatever their name was. And you know, next thing you know, they're they're completely going out under because of the products that they were sold. And when I say sold, let's just be clear about this. I'm not saying cement and sand won't get hard. I'm not saying, you know, that powder polymers, and I'm using that because we've talked about them a lot, you know, can never and should never be used or, you know, that every sealer but ICT is garbage. And okay, I'm not saying any of that crap. What I'm saying is when you watch people and their businesses and their families struggle because of the deceit that was handed to them, you know, on a silver platter with a golden spoon wrapped up. For the up, sake of making a dollar. For the sake of making a dollar. You know, that that's, that's tough to me. Yeah. And that, as we discussed in the last podcast, we came head to head with some of that, which... I more than realize it probably was upsetting to other people because clearly there's other people to know, even though we didn't use names and this and that, I have no intention of doing that. Um, which is another thing I want to talk about in a minute. Yeah. They know who were, they know what happened. I shouldn't say they know who we're talking about, but what they know what happened and that's going to ruffle some feathers. So along that lines, I'm going to say this, if being polite, means once again, you know, shut up and get in line and don't say anything. If that means, you know, that we don't tell the truth, does that mean that then no, yes, I'm unfortunately, I'm willing to say at this point, I'm not willing to be polite. That doesn't mean I'm saying other, every product out there is garbage. What I'm saying, there is garbage out there. There's no question. Of that. What I am saying is there are legitimate con artists and deceitful people out there there's no question about it. And I know that because I've worked with some of them. Mm -hmm. um, so no, that doesn't mean I'm going to call them out and you know what I mean, stretch them up on a pole. But at the same time, no, I, I don't think it's right anymore whatsoever to just be quiet about it. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm just not going to. And for anybody listening, anybody, you know, I think that we appreciate that more than anything anymore, even though it does upset some people. That's yeah. my point. Well, we were in Napa, what is it, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago? We had lunch with an old friend, and, and mm -hmm. his comment was, you know, well, I'm trying to think exactly what I put up. Like, you know, can't we all just get along? There's, there's, there's room, room for enough everybody. For, yeah, room enough for everybody. Right. Um, I'm trying to think what else his comment was, but I, I said, no, 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 no. We can't just get along. I mean, to, to say we can we just get along means that we we turn our gaze away and we don't address these things. We just act like that's okay to rip people off and lie to people. You know, the, the, we had attendees in the last class that know that they were de deceived by other training Perfect. workshops. They went to these other training workshops and the first day knew that they'd made a horrible decision. They made the ultimate mistake in training and they knew it. And they felt very upset about it. And they told us about it. And they told the whole class about it. We see this in every class. And we see it in, you know, weekly people calling us, whether it's training. That, I mean, that's, that's a big one. But it's also products, that they're sold products from people that don't do this. There's a lot of vendors out there that say, well, you know, we have experience. Really? Tell me about your experience. Well, a guy that works here used to work at a place. Okay. Did he did he own it? No. He knows a lot of products. But he well, no, hold on. But, but he worked there. Okay. okay. Yeah, he worked there. Yeah. Okay. So this one guy that's an employee there used to work at a place where he's an employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that makes you guys experts on these materials. Yeah. Okay. I see how that is. So there's a lot of that going on too. And these people get sold these things from these vendors that end up what happened in Australia ends up totally decimating their business, their livelihood. They have kids. They have spouses. They have a mortgage payment. And all that gets wiped out because some, you know, some salesman somewhere, some guy repackaging some junk product, sold them on something in the last class. Just as an example, because it's fresh in my mind. He was telling us about these different sealers 
that he was using and the things he was told. And I made the exact same mistake of believing these damn sealer salesmen that say, you know, it's never going to scratch. It's never going to yellow. It's never going to peel. You can pour acid on it. You can pour oil on it. You can put lemons on it. You put limes on it. You put ketchup on it. Nothing's going to happen to it. And you believe them. You're like, oh, oh, okay. And then you go to the client and you say to them, they're like, well, tell us about this surface. You know, how's it, uh, do I need to know anything? Well, the sealer I put on there is phenomenal. It's not going to scratch, not going to yellow, not going to peel, not going to, you know, and then you put it in the house and it turns out none of that was true. And now they're upset because you set their expectations here, but it wrecks your business. And it has to do with deception and dishonesty. At the end of the day, it boils down to money. These people are just in it to make money. They don't care about your success. They don't care about, about what it does to your, to your mental health. You know, I mean, I can tell you somebody that was sold some, some really bad products and what, it, what that did when those products started failing, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to sleep at night. I mean, Dusty can tell you, he went months without sleeping when all the sealers started peeling off his pieces 15 years ago. I went through the same thing. When you use products that you believe in because you were sold something and then those things fail on a massive scale, it really hurts your ability to, to have a calm, collected demeanor because your whole world's collapsing around you, your whole livelihood, everything you put your money into and your life into is collapsing because some salesman somewhere wanted to make some money. He couldn't be honest. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm, as I'm saying, let me be deceitful and instead of being, let me be honest. I, you know, I, I don't know if that's 100% true. It's a thousand percent true. Thousand, million. See, I'm still a believer that... I think other companies really do put products together, okay? And I really do think in some way, whatever that way is, I'm not going to use the word benefit, but I am going to say that, you know, there's a use for that product. In my opinion, I just think those products are often oversold for the benefit that they think they're in they're supposed to do. As an example, as you know, you and I wrote a post not long ago that, and I'll get into sealers in a minute, what, you know, I'll do them all at once, where we showed the difference of one guy using a, you know, a certain company's materials and, you know, and, and then why they switched and pretty obvious, pretty obvious what the differences were. And if you bring up that company, which again, we did not mention what the company was, but the company clearly knows because they saw these pictures and see it's riddled with voids and et cetera, et cetera. If you go to the material in question, a lot of what said that that material was supposed to benefit us is no pinholes, voids, you know, no voids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm bringing that one up because I actually have an individual who's contacted me like three times now and thinks that that whole write-up is complete malarkey, specifically because we're not mentioning what the other product was. So in this, where we started about being polite, see, I do believe we are polite. I mean, I'm we're not outing people to just for the sake of, and the, the reason I'm bringing that up, for the sake of hurting other people, the reason why I'm bringing that up is, now I'm circling back to last week's workshop, I think that there's an idea out there <clears throat> with some people that when these things come up and we mention them, that we do it with this big boasting pride in our chest, like, oh, ho, ho, look what a horrible experience and what terrible information they got at such and such workshop. And, oh, thank goodness they came to us. You know, we're the ones, you know, with the golden halo. But that's not that that has that's nowhere in our register. When we sat there listening, which we've heard so many times, it's, it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. it, and heartbreaking, not because I'm John Schuler, ICT, Kodiak, you know, concrete design school, blah, 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 blah. It's heartbreaking because the moment these kind of conversations come up, and I don't just like you, it immediately puts me back to wherever I was in this 20 plus year journey where how many times, you know, I, the, the door on my shot, well, again, didn't even start with a shop when the, when the third bay of my garage would have got sh closed down. I, I, you know, 
I got to go back and do something else. Oh, I'm going back to pharmacy because I have the education. Oh, this isn't clearly, clearly this is not working out, you know, and, and the struggle and the finances and the stress. And as you just mentioned, the lost sleep. And so that's what really hits us. And then, yeah, you know, is it going to be brought up, but brought up in a way that I personally believe is polite because we are not specifically saying who these people are that continue to put out deceitful information. Well, I think that's fair. And I think it's also being polite to not when, when you really, there's so much wanting to you to just say, guys, listen, it doesn't matter that this person's been along for this period of time. And maybe they are certain, you know, they, they're super smart or, or whatever, incredibly attractive. I don't know, make up whatever thing we could come up with this person to go like, Hey, but that doesn't change the fact that, that, that whomever might be a, a complete con man. You know? I mean, yeah. Totally lying about their experience, totally or lying about their about, abilities, yeah, which, totally lying about what they've developed. Totally yeah, lying about and that's really hard, man. It's because having worked with some of these individuals, which is a lot of the reasons why these individuals don't necessarily ever want to get on a panel with me, is because, yeah, no, I just, I start shaking my head. Oh, you know, I, boy, I've been a, whatever, I'm a materials designer for 20, oh, come on, stop it. I, you know, but then, see, hang on, this is terrible of me, because then I go, well, I got to walk this back and go, is it just marketing? You know, I mean, you, you hear a lot of really unsubstantiated claims from a marketing standpoint, you know, so, I don't know. Is it all bad? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll be yeah, honest with you. I, I really kind of, I, go, I, I straddle that fence a lot of times. But let's hit it quick, then we'll get to concrete. Jason Robertson. You know Jason Robertson? Yeah, I love yeah, Jason. Jason's yeah. awesome. Jason used to be a professor. I call him the professor. He used to be a professor. Yeah. And he was telling us about how in the, you know, the, the academic world that he was in, some of the most brilliant people that he was around if, mm-hmm. if a screw fell out the back of their chair, it shut their whole world down and they couldn't figure out how to put the screw back in. And they have to go get a, you know, an assistant to get a screwdriver and put yeah, the like screw back in. Yeah, they literally fall apart. Yeah. yeah. Fall apart. Yeah. They were, they were beside themselves because the back mm-hmm. rust off their chair and they couldn't figure out how to put the screw back in. Most brilliant people in the world. So, you know, degrees, academic brilliance doesn't translate to real world application in a lot of instances. So that's number one. My grandfather used to call it overeducated idiots. <laughs> Seriously, that was my grandfather's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And Don't number, become an overeducated idiot. Number two is you're right. We, I wish we didn't even have to bring these things up. I wish this wasn't a recurring thing that we deal with weekly from people. I wish that wasn't the case. Iron sharpens iron. You want great competitors. I personally want great competitors. You want, to, you want to compete against people because those types of competitors make you better. It makes everybody better. If everybody's on the up and up, everybody's honest, and everybody's putting out the best they can, that can only elevate the industry. The problem is when there's bad competitors. And when I was doing concrete in Phoenix, there was all these you know, fly-by-night people that would pop up. They'd post on Craigslist or Facebook. They do super, super shoddy work. But they would mm-hmm. compete against me for a small amount of time for they went out of business. But that's not good. What you want is a great competitor. You want somebody that does phenomenal work, that has great Absolutely. designs. And yeah, that, that is inspires what, you to be better. Exactly. And that great. raises all ships, you know, rise with the tide. If everybody's doing the best they can do and everybody's being true and honest, then that's good for everybody. I do believe, even though you know, for, for those people outside, not for people who know us. I think the people that know us recognize our passion or, or, you know, end up recognizing our passion and maybe start off like, Oh, look at these instigators. They just seem like they're jerks. You know, why are they riling against the system? But I think the real reality though, even though we've been a whipping post now for a minute because of all this honesty I think the tides are beginning to change. I really do. Yeah. I was just literally just talking to someone yesterday before the power and everything went out. Uh, I didn't. I don't know if you've been watching the news, man. We've been catching the edges of that Hurricane Hillary that just devastated uh, Maui. So last night was these crazy, crazy storms that knocked out power. But where I'm going with it is, um, 
post the Napa thing, Napa and, you know, the people that we talk to, well, really they talk to us, right? It's not like we put them under the swinging bulb, like you tell us, <laughs> um, right? Waterboarding um, them. Right. Tell me you didn't like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> putting, putting little oh, electrical um, clamps on their nipples. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, so one of the things, so I, I really truly see, see good coming out of this because in the end, I'm just going to use like, oh, set expectations, right? And so in this situation, what I'm now hearing, I haven't really gone to hear it myself, so I am paraphrasing via some information I was getting from some other people, that now those certain individuals that were leading people astray are now being more open to say they're using now language like, well, you know, when I was, and I hate to use the word developing because that in of itself is... <laughs> a horrendous lie. Um, but when I was developing these products, you know, I'm choosing or, or chose stain resistance of my film over scratch resistance and like, well, okay. Uh, well, and then I, I think I've used the analogy before with Saran wrap. I think we can all agree. Saran wrap does not have the best scratch resistance, but if you wrap that around a piece of concrete, you're going to have a tough time staining any, anything through that Saran wrap. <clears throat> but that being said, the difficulty with now that honesty that's coming out saying like, okay, we are acknowledging it doesn't have the great scratch resistance. They're acknowledging more than that. And that's the other side of this equation we keep hitting on. They're also inadvertently completely advertising their 100% lack of experience because anybody who's done this long enough knows. And this is not, again, John's anti-coding. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is this. When that film is finally scratched, the stains and the wear that's created out of that scratch pattern is a extremely difficult to repair in a person's home. Uh, so, so you just showed me wholeheartedly your lack of experience in actually client work, having these things in, in places of use, because that ability of, or excuse me, that lack of ability of true repair versus what we've lived. And we'll say wholeheartedly, like, yeah, man, you gotta, you get, and then here's the thing. I love to wear certain, well, they'll say that it patinas. Well, yeah, I am being honest about that. But you know how much effort it really takes with the kind of materials that I put in commercial and residential spaces to eventually, quote, unquote, naturally age. But they want it to sound to people like, oh, yeah, no, it turns into an abomination. no. The only time I have legitimately seen an abomination happen is when I have used coating type sealers, film-based type sealers, whatever you want to call them, and life, natural life, whether it was dragging something across the surface or you know using stoneware pottery or whatever the case may be, and then they call me back and their countertop looks like a checkerboard. Yeah, tiger stripes. They have stripes of of right. stuff getting through where it's scratched through that surface. And anybody, so, well, anybody that's ever had to remove a sealer to reapply it yeah. in somebody's home, Jesus, man, it looks like it looks like a episode of Dexter. You got plastic hanging from the ceiling. You got plastic on the floor. Yeah. You got plastic on the cabinets. It is a huge right. undertaking. No, it's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. But again, as anybody listening, please, because I don't want this again turned. See, oh my God, uh, what jerks! Uh, that doesn't mean I'm anti-coding. So what I'm saying is that that information it really needs to be about setting the expectations and coming full circle. Now that I, this is where I think things are beginning to change a tide is these and maybe it's taken us to shine that light coming different ways but it was nice to hear that now those same, same individuals are now saying like you know they're basically acknowledging yes yes but you know so we chose which is again a huge irony to me because any film-based sailor should have good stain resistance. I mean, for goodness sake, you know what I mean? So, but okay. So for someone to tell me, yeah, I chose that over this. 
really, really shines a very strong light of their inexperience in client work. Yeah. You know, inexperience of true. Yeah. And, and, and that's all that, yeah. but that doesn't make it bad. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's because again, like, Oh, see, John's putting them down. I'm not putting them down. I'm just simply saying that lack of experience needs to be part of the same expectations when you're marketing your goods, maybe your workshops, if you're doing them, you know, whatever the case may be. Full it, disclosure. It, it just I don't, needs to I don't be do fair. this. Full disclosure. Yeah. I don't do this for a living. Full disclosure. I don't do this for a living. That, yeah. that would be and honest. Okay. And then you'd be like, okay, well, you know, I, I, I'm, um, I'm looking at buying a, a new knife, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at knife makers that actually use their knives. I'm not looking at like the commercially available knives. I'm looking at these small knife makers that actually use their knives in, you know, bushcraft type scenarios where they put them to the test and they use them and they make those things. And I'm endeavoring more and more in my life to buy products from people that actually use the products they developed, not from companies. Yeah, I'm a full believer in that. Yeah. yeah. No matter what it is, whether it's a rack for my truck or it's, uh, you know, whatever it is, I want to, I want to buy from somebody that actually uses that product on a daily basis because they have more insight into that than anybody else. Whether it's tools or materials, I want to buy from that person. And so I'm seeking that out more and more and more. 100%. 100%. All right. You ready to talk about concrete now? Let's do it, man. Let's talk about it. So a few things. One thing I want to talk about, and I have a list here of things I want to talk about, but these all have to do with questions on, uh, on Facebook forums. Well, somebody mm-hmm. got on there just today and asked about, he wanted to make a nine foot countertop inch and a half thick. He wants to use quickcrete or sackcrete. Uh, he doesn't want to use any of the fancy pre-blended materials, the expensive fancy pre-blended materials. But hey, what can I do to make this strong enough? And I got in there and I hmm. essentially said, you know, people are given advice of like, you know, different materials <laughs> Add vendors. Add more Portland. <laughs> yeah, different material <laughs> vendors are getting there and saying, hey, use my super ad mix or my blended whatever, right? Um, but my, my perspective on this is if you think that using the right products is expensive, wait until you use the wrong product. If Correct. you think That's that you're stepping over dollars, pick up times, if you think you're, you're going to use this cheap store-bought material and save money, you're going to do it twice or three times or four times if you keep using that same material until you finally get tired of recasting and wasting materials and wasting form materials and wasting your time. And you finally say, screw it. And you buy the right thing. And I'm guilty of it. I've I'm done guilty. that throughout my, my career. I'm like, you know, I, I, I know I need to get that, but I think I can make this work and it doesn't work. And then I end up redoing it. And I curse the day that I decided to try to save a buck by doing it the wrong way when I know it's not the right way. So my point is, whether you use our product or somebody else's product, I don't care. It's not even about the product. It's about don't have the mindset that you don't want to use the right product to save a buck because it will bite you at the end of the day. That's my advice. Any thoughts? Oh, I, again, that's one of the, that makes no sense to me. Uh, it, it truly doesn't. And, you know, I guess, again, the politically correct way would be like, ah, oh, well, you know, I mean, what's your expectation? And if, if that expectation comes out to like, well, I, I want this, I just want it to work. I want it to be strong. I don't want it to crack. I like it, which is the same expectation as the rest of us. <laughs> then I'm going to say there's a reason why I don't go to Lowe's 20 minutes away. No, I guess it's 40 minutes away. Excuse me. And pick up sackcrete and add some extra Portland cement to it. And, you know, whatever else hokey kind of thing we could come up with. Uh, because, Hey, look at that. You know, I could buy the sacrete. I don't even know what it is now. I'm going to say 15 bucks a bag and go, Whoa, look. So I built this whole table with $400 of material instead of 700. Woohoo! Like, no, that's, that makes no sense. Cause now once it cracked or broke or chipped or did the garbagey things that, that you really didn't want to happen. Well, well now I just spent more recasting it twice redoing the form work and twice the materials and anything else I lost along the way. And no, it just makes no sense. It's no sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. And again, use whatever product you think is the best. If you think some other manufacturer makes the best product, use that product, but don't try to save money by using cheap products. It never ends well. Never ends well. No, it never ends well. 
Oh, and the same thing. I think that's we hear that a lot with sealers as well. Uh, one of the guys I, a couple three days ago, same. It happened to be a sealer that he could get um, from a distributor locally, and that's what he used. And da 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 da. And you know, to the best of his ability, followed the application. Da 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 da. da and um, it was comparatively speaking less expensive. And here he is now trying to figure out. John, how do I do? I have to sand it all off. <laughs> what do you know? What do I do? And you know, do I do buy, do I buy another sander and some diamond pads? And yeah, you know, what does I, that know, cost? What does that cost? Yeah, what does all that cost? What's that Festool dust extractor and the Merca sander, right. the Festool stander, and what do those diamond pads cost? And then what well, does it cost to be there for two days to do this and tape off everything? You know, what did that yeah. cost you to save this amount? Well, I, some of that is. People just don't know what they don't know. They don't know. So sure. he, uh, kind of where we started with this, he was told by the distributor, oh, the sealer is the best. I put it yeah. on all my work, says the distributor that doesn't do any concrete work. You know, maybe they have a counter at their, at their uh, store that they sealed with that that doesn't get any use. I put it on everything. You know, you can come do a lunch and learn. We'll give you free popcorn and pizza and show you how to roll it on and bada bing, bada boom, it's bomb proof. Um, so some of that is that. And then some of it too is convenience. Uh, you know, over the years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm guilty of this. You run down, I'm doing an outdoor piece or whatever, and I run down to Lowe's and I get like, what was that? Aqua something? What was it called? Aqua? Con. No, no. that's that's Aqua the release. Mix. Um, Aqua Mix. I think that was it. It was available yeah. at Lowe's. It was like a silane oil. I don't know what the hell it was. It was, you know, but you'd rub, it was a tile sealer. Tile, tile sealer, yeah. And I'd rub it on a planter and it would help, you know, help a planter outdoors be more durable or something like that. But it was convenient, but it wasn't the best and I shouldn't have done it. I should have just waited if, if I had to order sealer online and it's going to take, you know, five days to get here or whatever. I should have just waited and done it right because the cost of doing it twice is far more than the cost of doing it right every time. The next question that popped up that I thought was interesting that we haven't really discussed before is the guy used, he made a, a mold for a sink using ABS plastic sheeting, but he used super glue, also known as CA glue, but he used super glue. Uh, probably to, yellowed. It yeah. did. So he used it to glue yeah. it together. And what happens if you don't know, and I think everybody learned this the hard way at least once, is if you ever use super glue in your form, when the concrete cures, it reacts with the glue and it, it leaves a yellow stain wherever that super glue came in contact. And the stain goes pretty deep into the concrete. It's mm -hmm. not just on the surface. You know, some people are recommending on this forum, oh, just acid at you. No, it's not going to come off. You're always going to have that yellow stain. And then somebody else said, we'll just grind it out and then fill it with slurry. Well, that's going to look pretty horrible. You have these lines yeah. where you ground out and you fill a slurry that, you know, just redo it. So for anybody listening, if you ever do want to use um, an adhesive on your mold, epoxy is a good one. You know, mm -hmm. you can use epoxy with the ABS versus super glue. It's going to take longer. To set up, then the super glue. Super glue is instantaneous. Um, epoxy takes a little bit longer, but uh, you're not going to have any yellowing issue. Yeah, I, you know, I, that's all I've used epoxy for the same reason. I think I tried Gorilla Glue one time, thinking it would set up faster, and then the same thing. Although it, it wasn't in a full cast, it was undeniable. It, I'm going to call it, it bled and change the cure cycle of the concrete. So that was the end of that. No super glues, no gorilla glues, none of that stuff. But epoxies that we use in, you know, fabric forms or seams, I'll sometimes brush it on the edges of my melamine, on my exposed melamine, so I don't get melamine chips in the faces of my concrete. Yeah, epoxy is the way to go. And I don't know, other people might have some other things that they've had luck with. I'm not sure. I've used certain epoxies from um, other companies when you're talking about fabric forming, for instance, epoxies. And uh -huh. I've had some of those actually turn to concrete yellow um, long-term, not initially. We talked about this a long time ago, but I coated fabric at a class we did at your place like five years ago using an epoxy sent by a company that wanted us to, to demonstrate it. And we used that epoxy, and when we first demolded it, the, the piece, it was a bench, I want to say, the bench looked great. It was all white. But over time, you put it outdoors, over time where the melamine was in contact with the concrete, the concrete stayed white, or the epoxy was in concrete, in contact with the concrete when it cured, over time turned yellow. And so I've only experienced it with that one manufacturer of epoxy. I haven't experienced that yellowing over time with any other manufacturer. I'm not sure why that happened with that one brand of epoxy, but 
in most circumstances, epoxy is a pretty safe bet as an adhesive or as a coating over a mold to cast against. Well, I'm scrolling through the forums, John, and I'm not seeing really any other questions that seem to be pressing. I mean, somebody's asking about silicone. They're using Supreme silicone with the blue label and are having issues um, with it not curing completely. I've, I've seen some of that with the GE silicone. Uh, sometimes it's a bad batch, but they, they, I feel like they did change their formulation to some extent, even though it's 100% silicone. I buy the red and gold. This guy's using the blue and gold label. I don't know what hmm. the difference is, but there is a difference. The other thing that I'd say is I'm looking at his photo and he put a screw in the end of the tube to seal it. That doesn't seal it. No. You don't want to do that. What you do want to do is get foil tape in the HVAC section of a hardware store. They sell foil tape. And you wrap that tape, you, you fold it over, and then you just squeeze it all the way around. And that will completely seal it free from air, where air cannot get into that tube. And if you do that, it'll last for a long time. But if you just stick a screw in the end, it's not going to do you any favors. Or I think I've watched some people like, now, if you go back to it, maybe, I don't know, a few hours or whatever, the squeeze out just enough so there's like a fairly sizable drip hanging out. And they're like, oh, yeah, see that? Then I can break that off. I'm like, no, no, you won't. Yeah, you'll break it off, all right. But anything is still dried up inside the uh, tip that you got to cut the tip some more to finally get it to come out. And even then, it, it seems to um, degrade the curing potential for that sealant at that point. Then you're, you will have problems. It doesn't want air. So if you can seal it off. And I that foil tip, I learned that from Fine Home Building Magazine years ago. I was buying, they had like these like little miniature condoms for caulk tubes that you would buy. And, uh, and so you'd, you'd put one of those on there. And it would work for a little bit, but air would still get through that rubber over time. And so if I let it go for like two weeks and I went and pulled it off, that whole tube was hardened up, right? Or at least the, the yep. front of it. But the foil tape, I read that and I started doing that. Man, I can grab a tube that's been sitting there for two months and pull that foil tape off, and it's just perfectly... It's like brand new. That's a good, that's a good one, foil tape. Uh, what else? I'm not seeing really anything else. Do you, you have know, anything? I'll be honest. I haven't been on them for a minute with everything going on around here. So... In fact, Sean, today... Well, Sean Albright, ahead, I'm scrolling through, um, through this Facebook page, and he's posted a few things. He did a, a recent... Review of Kodiak Pro, which I appreciate. You know, Sean is really good at SketchUp. Sean Albright is very good at SketchUp, yeah. and he's put out some videos. I'm looking at one right now that he posted. Um, some videos on how to use SketchUp specifically for guys that do concrete, which that's great. I'm glad he's putting these, these videos out. What are you going to say? Well, I'm, now that you brought that up, I would like to learn more SketchUp because although I'll be honest with you, and I've, I said that, the two designers that are used to me now, I'm dead, literally, but I got a Wednesday meeting with one. We go in, we talk, she shows me a couple pictures, what, you know, the kind of the idea I leave, but I have to admit, man, if, if like we saw Joe Bates, if I had something where I could sit and draw it out, I think they'd be happier with that. Cause right now, you know, I'm willing to say everybody's used to me, you know, we don't, we don't agree on a ramp sink and I, and I show up with a reverse ramp sink, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, I guess I misunderstood. Oh, you wanted gray and I show up with pink, you know what I mean? So we get along great, but I, I would like to learn how to do some more of that and I don't know, alter my professionalism a little bit and not seem like, Oh, I'm that artist and you just take what I make because you love it. You know what I mean? I mean, fortunately, I've never had an issue with it, but I would like to learn how to do that stuff. Well, yeah. I think Joe's using SolidWorks. Is that right? SolidWorks? Yeah, I think it was SolidWorks. Yeah. You know, so I use SketchUp and I do SketchUp and then I export the SketchUp. I save each, like I'll do like an ISO view and then I'll do a plan view and then I'll do a section. And, um, and there's some tricks with that as far as like you take the perspective off and then you... Uh, put it in essentially you choose your style so it's just lines and I export that as a um, as a I think a PNG is what I export it as but then I drag that into Adobe Illustrator and there I've essentially made a shop drawing title block template sheet that I drag the line drawing into and I can scale it up and down and I can put three or four of them on a page and then I can put in all the information for the the client and you know all that kind of stuff the downside is and this is what I'm going through right now with the project 
is they keep making changes, change after change after change. You know, I send them shop drawing based on what they told me. And then the, the builder gets back. Oh, hey, I went and filled verified. No, it needs to be this dimension. Can you redo the shop drawing? It's like, uh, because it's not easy to do. I have to go back in SketchUp. I have to redraw it. I have to re-export. I have to go back in. I have to delete all this stuff out, redrag it in, rescale yeah. it. What Joe was saying, when the reason I would actually switch to SolidWorks is when he updates a drawing, it automatically updates all the shop drawings automatically. So once he makes that model, if he makes any modifications to the model, the shop drawings automatically update. And he doesn't have to do any work to do that. It just does it on its own. Yeah, that's cool. Dude, that is massive. That yeah, is such a savings. huge, yeah. massive time savings. So that's that's another good reason to use SolidWorks. There's um, there's other programs. Um, what's the other big one everybody uses? Um, oh, man. I bought it. It's, you know, everything's a yearly subscription, but I bought it like two years ago. Oh, Fusion 360. That's what it was. Fusion 360. I bought it. I never used it. And I never even tried it. I thought they had like a Christmas special or it's like half off, right? For a year. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do it. So I signed up, never even opened it once, which I regret because <laughs> it seems like a cool thing, but I don't know. I, I know SolidWorks because Joe uses it. It does updates automatically. I don't know if Fusion 360 is geared to do that type of thing or if it's just strictly for modeling. So if you are a Fusion 360 user and you have experience with shop drawings, let us know. Send us a message. Yeah, let me know how that works. I, yeah, I'm up for... I seriously, I'm, I'm reaching a state with, with things that are going on that I, at least I tell myself now and then watch everything will implode on me. I'm ready to start to learn something new. I want to learn something new. I'd like to learn how to use that, whether Fusion 360, SketchUp, whatever the case may be. We have to say it first. Say it again. Fusion 360. Oh, okay. I thought you were having a stroke what over there. You said, Nah, you know how I talk. It seems like I slur it all together. <laughs> you know what it is. I know what it is, John. I've known you long enough. You're thinking three sentences ahead of what you want to say. That is what happens. Yes. Totally. That's, you are so far yeah. ahead in what you want to talk about, but you're still yeah. talking about what we just talked about, but you're thinking about the right. future. You got to live in a moment, John. You got to be present right here, right now. I know, buddy. That's, yeah, that's the secret. It is a bad thing with me. Yes, I admit that 100%. So it's funny as you're sitting there saying I did. And you're thinking about something else the whole time I was talking, Facebook. weren't you? See, you were thinking exactly about the next right. thing. I'm you weren't even listening. You're not even listening, John. <laughs> I feel like you don't. I'm I, I trying, feel, man. <laughs> what, what, trying. what do wives say to the husbands? I feel like you just don't listen. I feel like you're not present anymore. Right. We got to have this conversation over dinner with some candles. And I got to hold your hand and say, John. What? <laughs> Are you talking to me? I didn't know you were talking to me. <laughs> cool story. So what I was just, I wanted to tell you about this. See, you're not listening. All right, go ahead. Tell me. What do you want to say? Well, I just happened to bring up that one with that, uh, that write-up we did comparing the two products. And it just got me thinking again per, and I know we've already dealt with this to begin with is, and I was reading some of those comments to see if I misunderstood since we were talking about misunderstanding comments. And I just want to put out for that individual by the way, I have spoken to three times on the phone now and uh, have not told him what the other product is that I really don't think I'm going to unless and sing, unless things get so bad. So I shouldn't get on this. The other hypocrisy easily, as you said, maybe they added too much water, too much plasticizer, too much, which brings back to one of the deceitful things that's got me going full circle with sealers that I often hear with coding technologies is coding technologies are typically represented as a product that's so what's the word? Um, uh, I don't know, not user friendly, but proven, right? I think the words often use proven yeah. and the chemistry is proven. Yeah. And you know, cause again, I get, you know, it's really a cross linker and a, and a, and a uh, polymer of some sort and a cross-linked. And they've been around for a while. Yeah. This, and, and, this. and most of your coatings, as we all know, the coating itself doesn't really distinguish between whether it's being put on wood or concrete or plastic or whatever the case may be. Which I just want to shine light on, again, one of the deceitful things that are put out there. Because although one side of that story will be because it's proven technology and da-da-da-da, but if somebody doesn't have the right results, they're like, oh, what? The, the other argument you often, well, I mean, because we don't know what kind of concrete you're using, and we don't, we don't know how. You're like, well, wait a minute, man. Or so user you're speaking error. out both sides. Yeah, you're you got a forked tongue going on right now. Yeah. So is it proven? 
you know, working with stall Paul, which a lot of them look, man, it goes on plastics, hard plastics coating. I like, no, I mean, at the end of the day, most of your coatings, the coating doesn't know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't distinguish. It's, it's a coating, whatever saran wrap or you call condom, you know what the, the condom doesn't care what it's being put on. It doesn't, it's not going to distinguish. So Right then and there, often, if anybody wants to see a red flag, is when that gets switched from a super proven technology that can't go wrong, it fully you should always expect the results to, oh, except that we don't know what kind of concrete you use. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, come on, man. Once again, huge light on inexperience. Yeah, huge light on experience and, and huge light on um, passing a buck and, and trying to like sidestep any liability in any of it you know oh i don't know what concrete you use so i can't i can't say well you can't yeah. say because i don't know how you cured it and i don't want mix you used uh, none of that should matter to the coding exactly the coding but the, doesn't care the other part of it that i used to hear was user error every time you had a problem i had a problem you had a problem bobby had a problem john had a problem you'd call the sealer distributor the person selling that sealer they would say oh you're the only person having problems. Yeah. It must no, be yeah. a user error. What'd you do? Oh, yeah. That, that acetone or that denatured alcohol you added to it must have been old, must have been water in it. Oh, what kind of air compressor do you have? Ah, must, be, must be water in those lines. What kind of sprayer do you use? Yeah, you don't want to use that one. That's the bad one. Yeah, whatever it is, whatever it is, it, there is always a reason why you're not having results, but everybody else is. You're the only one. Yeah. Exactly. And so that yeah, was, see, that was as deceptive. As you know, that's one of the things that I've also been condemned about is being so open about those kind of things. And actually, which just happened not long ago where a customer contacted me and said, hey, John, you know, I needed to do this. You know, it's because it won't do this under this circumstance. And I'm like, all right, well, give me a minute, you know, and sent him a couple samples. I, I modified some of the chemistry, boom. And all of a sudden, okay, great. Well, it's working for him. And I guess what I'm saying is the difficulty is with that, how these, uh, I shouldn't say these other, how about what individuals will break it down is you're the only one having the problem when they know full well, it's probably a weakness in whatever they're doing but I truly believe they present it from that point of view because 99.99% of the time, there's really nothing they can do about it. They can't, they can't fix it. Does that make sense? There well, it makes is sense. No but what's deceptive is when they say that. So, yeah. for instance, there was a sealer that was failing on a massive scale, and it was the catalyst for why I moved to ICT, was this, this mm. sealer. Right. And I know for a fact that... Many, many tens, if not hundreds of people were having massive failures and calling the distributor. And every single person, including me, when you'd get that distributor on the phone, they would say, you're the only person having a problem. And I knew that was a lie because people have been calling me because I taught this in my classes. Because <laughs> you're Dude. sitting right next to the other person. with. Well, they'd call me up. It's peeling lie. off. What's going on? I'm like, I don't know. Have you called so-and-so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said I was the only person. Well, that's weird. And then two days later, I get a call from somebody who came to my class. And they're like, hey, um, you know, my skewer's peeling off. Did you call so-and-so? Yeah, but he said I was the only person. I'm like thinking like, oh, I know it's not true because I've already gotten a few calls this week. And then when it happened to me and I called, well, you're the only person. And I'm like... I know that's not true. I know that's not true. But that right there, it's like, why lie about it? Number one, you know, just be honest. But it seemed to me then, and it still seems that way today, is it's a, a, a lack of accountability. And by denial, they, they essentially try to remove any um, uh, liability. Uh, I said liability, but uh, they, they remove liability from themselves by denying it. And they kind of gaslight you into believing that you did something wrong. It's not them. It's not yeah. their product. It's you. But You're see, that's the even more frustrating. Yeah. And that just shows me that other that people like that don't truly understand people that are trying to make a living with a small business. You know, if someone told me the truth, I would accept it. Yeah, would it be a bit of a, you know, kick in the groin? Absolutely. But it, at least if I knew, then now we can set up the strategies for moving forward and repairing, you know, whatever these things take, because 
On the flip side, if you truly are getting the information that, nope, it's not happening, then you, you just end up in panic mode. Panic, this is my business going sideways, and I have no idea. And I've reached out to the tech support who says it's only happening to me. And it, it just, that's not good business practice. And once again, shows the inexperience that you do not know this customer base. You well, don't know. Or, or you don't care. I mean, I think the bigger, Maybe. the bigger issue is they don't want the liability. They're more scared of the, the liability coming back on them for selling a product that not really should be used in this application. It might be great for other applications. It might be great for yeah. sidewalks. It might be great for retaining walls. It's not great for sinks and countertops. But they're selling it, and they don't want the liability of that. If they admit any of that, then they have liability. But you're absolutely right, John. If they would, no matter who it is, if any material vendor or whatever would just be honest and have honest dialogue, you could start to come up with solutions to solve it. And that is true with everything. If people just have honest dialogue, have the hard conversations, have the hard conversations and make progress. But when you stick your head in the sand and you deny, 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 and you act like everything's fine, then you just get more of the same. You get more problems, more problems, more problems, and nothing ever gets fixed. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think, and this is why I think, including ourselves, well, anybody I can think off the top of my head without naming names that I know in this industry, there's no secret to all of us that we are trying to manipulate this material in ways that the other industries are not doing, right? I mean, we've talked about it before, but right, flooring, Anybody in the flooring, if, if you told them you were trying to seal something the next day or with, oh heck, with even the first 10 days, there's, there's no sealer manufacturer will stand behind that. It has to be 30 days, you know I mean? And oftentimes, as we talked about, they need to actually have written documentation of the moisture content and the this and the that. And, you know, us you know, when we're working in our shops, which might be something, nothing more than under a car cover to as much as someone sitting in a 30,000 square foot facility. I mean, who freaking knows what the rest of us are doing? Cure practice, mixes, turnaround, accelerators. You know, the, the reality is we are manipulating this material in ways that's not conducive to 99% of all coating and sealing technologies period. You know, so, I mean, that just is what it is. And that's a hard truth. So those people who tell you otherwise, when they're using isothionate crosslinker, their 2K products, you know, whatever, that's total hocus pocus. Um, that's, uh, there, there's a hard truth. That's yeah. a hard truth, period. Now, people with the experience, even though I'm still kicking that hard truth out there, which can show you ways to trick and manipulate the materials, but only because they're deeply, intimately experienced with these materials and can help you overcome those things. But that still doesn't change the underlying fact that we are using these materials in ways that, that the reality is that really shouldn't be done. Yeah. It's, you know, that, uh, you know, and, but none of us are going to wait 30 days, 40 no. days, 60 days. No. It's not going to happen. We're trying to turn things in as little as what, 24, 48 hours to maybe, you know, five to seven days. I mean, and that is the reality, but under that reality, back to the openness about honest conversations is manufacturers and suppliers kind of, they really should put that out from the open. Like, you know, wrapping your stuff in saran wrap at 48 hours, eh, guess what? You're going to have some trouble with it or, you know, and here's your ways to mitigate it, but it doesn't change the fact that you, you know, still have to trick it into working. Well, I think we should wrap it up, but to bring it okay. full circle, John, full circle, we started this with, you know, I kind of been labeled as instigators or rude or impolite yeah. or not playing along, get along. I think we got to the kind of the crux of the of the problem just now of we have the hard conversations you and i on this podcast and online on forums yeah, on whatever workshops yeah, yeah we have the hard conversations and when you have the hard conversations the people that don't want to have those conversations that don't want to you know flip rocks over and shine light on on what's underneath they don't want to discuss these things they will say they will paint you as a problem 
as a troublemaker, as an instigator, mm-hmm. as impolite. They don't want to have these conversations. Back to the quote from Johnny Cash. It's good to know who hates you, and it's good to be hated by the right people. Mm-hmm. I would say we're doing something right. Based on the people I that I know are. that I know are, are being vocal about how you and I are impolite and rude and stuff, I, I'm glad they feel that way. I'm glad they feel that way because that means we're having the right conversations and we're shining light on the right topics to make those people uncomfortable. And that's good. Yeah. And at the same time, like I said, per some of the information I got, if that's modifying their information, whether that to say they're being more honest or not, you know, whatever, then it's really only going to do all of us a benefit. That's right, John. All right. You ready to wrap this up? All right, buddy. I am indeed. Good talking to you, man. Great talking to you, John. Yeah, yeah. Go put on your uh, sunblock and get back out there. I will. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you next week. Talk to you later. Have a great one.